I'm the greatest. Did you call bank? I call games. <laughs> but they are who we thought they were. And we straight cash, homie. Stand by. Now, let's get to the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Coach and Bo Sports Cast. I am your host, the coach, and joining me via the mobile studios is my co-host, the boat. What's up, what's up? Back at in the mobile studios. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, special Maroon Friday Final Four edition of the podcast. Come Let's on. go. Let's go, ladies. I'm turned up. Uh, I don't know about you, coach. I'm ready. Oh, yeah, I'm amped up, man. Ready to see them go down there and handle business. You know, I'm speaking into Ladies and Big D, see what they can make happen. You know. Yep, yep. Big everybody, you know, from Bulldog Country, everybody's making their way to Dallas. I'm so jealous. I couldn't go. <laughs> you ain't the only one. Oh yeah. So, you know, I'm already speaking into existence. Ladies gonna take care of business. But uh yeah. let's go ahead, let's outline the game and give the people some more insight into it. UConn. Ain't much more need to be saying. These are the big dogs of women's basketball. Yep, they're the big dogs. Um, 111 straight wins. So one of those 111 was Mississippi State last year uh, in the Sweet 16. But you know, last year that was last year's team. This year's team, I feel like if we were to upset them, this is the team we should catch slipping. I can agree. I can agree. Um, last year's team, um, like we were talking about before, you know, when we was just in our pre-production, they had uh, Stewart. Brittany Stewart. They had Brittany Stewart, you know, went on to be the first pick of the draft. I mean, she was a dog. She was a, a beast. And not to say UConn don't have any beasts this season. I mean, they have two first-teamers and one second-team, but they don't have no Stewart this season. Right, and they don't. They don't have a starter over 6-3 this year. I'm looking at their uh, roster right now. They're led in scoring by Katie Lou Samuelson at 6-3. She's a guard. They mainly roll, They mainly play a lot of guards. She's listed as a four, but she's um, a guard, really. Um, Nafisha Collier at 20 points a game. Also, you know, Gabby Williams. Gabby Williams. All, Collier at 6-1. Williams at 5-11. Then uh, Kia Nurse at five eight. Let me see. No, Kia Nurse at six feet, and um, Sania Chong at five eight. So, pretty much a guard oriented roster, which yeah. could go one or two ways. Um, you know, it could lead to a fast paced up and down game that Mississippi State can play. But also, if the game were to slow down, I feel like. You know, MSU would have the advantage on the boards, you know, could lead to a lot of second chance opportunities. And right, right. Tierra McCown has been virtually unstoppable in the paint this um this uh tournament. She has caught her groove. She she's dominating down low. If the um Lady Bulldogs can keep this from becoming a fast break kind of game, that will definitely help them out. I mean, like you just mentioned, with all these, you know, they don't really have too many big players, no six fives or anything, no six three and under. So they want to get out on the break. But if they can keep it um, a half-court style of game to where they can dominate the boards and the, the rebounding actually play a factor into the game, 
that'll definitely help Mississippi State because yeah. they have the the size and the post. Yeah. And then one thing I want to throw out there is now I'm starting to really look at the genius of Vic Schaefer. As it's been noted, you know, he shook up the lineup, had mainly the second team start most of the um most of the first few games in the tournament, right? Right. So, you know, now you look at Mississippi State, they they can go ten deep basically and yeah. cannot yep. won't see a drop off. You look at UConn, they only really go about seven they go seven. They only go about they only bring about two people off their bench. That's what I thought. Right. So yeah. if you get to the foul trouble, now you, you throw in some players in the mix who might not not necessarily don't can't we can't say they don't have the ability to step up. I mean they are on roster at UConn. Right. But they have been tested to show that ability throughout the season. Right. So now you get thrown it in the final four and now we gotta see what you're about if somebody's in foul trouble. Exactly. And you know, like we said, MSU has given those players big game experience and they haven't batted an eye. So they will be less susceptible to fold under pressure if uh, need be. But, you know, I just want to see how it go. And then, you know, if they can constantly rotate people off, you know, you can get them, get um, the other team tired. And then, you know, basically you're, you got your starters going up against your fresh starters who have been able to sit down and rest going up against tired, um, a tired group. So, you know, it's it's a lot. If you know, if this was if any was gonna be any year that we catch them off guard and beat them, it's this one. This is the best shot to me. Yeah, I can agree. I definitely agree. So it'll be uh it's an interesting matchup. You know, we'll see see what can, what happens with the game. I'm definitely gonna be tuned in and trying to watch as much as I can of it. And that tip off is scheduled for what nine o'clock, I believe. Is it like Make sure uh, tip off is scheduled nine thirty Eastern time, so it'll be eight thirty this way. Okay, eight thirty. Eight thirty so, this way. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Definitely looking forward to that. And um, that's just you know, speaking a little more on the Lady Bulldogs. It was it was great to to see them pull off the wins against Washington and that that um, Baylor game. That was a tight game. That was. Oh, yeah. You know, like I spoke about it, uh, I did uh, a coach's film the other day. I spoke about it. I said, man, it kind of felt it kind of felt like toward the end of that Baylor game that the refs were going to try to take it out out their hands. But, you know, they persevered and kept it, kept their uh, head on straight and pulled out the victory. Yep. That was that was a nail biter. I really enjoyed watching that game. And uh, so hopefully Mississippi State can keep the mystique going. And uh, we'll see if they can. They, they'll be the underdogs in this matchup. We'll see if they can end the streak. Oh yeah, and then uh, you know it just got me thinking. Uh, you know, Vic Shad, this is you know this would be a, a program changing win if if they were able to pull this off. You know, Vic Schaefer, you know, probably is probably already uh, maybe the top two coaches on campus right now. You know, I say <clears throat> Mullen him. And you could have went Cohen, but Cohen's, you know, now the AD. Um, you know, who else? Uh, Howland. You got Coach Howland there. Yeah, once Howland, you know, gets, you know, everything rolling there, you know, you got a great group of coaches on campus at MSU right now. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, 
I'm about to say, especially, you know, you got Ben Howland, and we've seen his track record at UCLA. I mean, the players he's put into the league, multiple Final Four appearances. So we do have a great uh, crop of coaches. Most definitely. And, you know, we're not going to belabor the point too much, but, um, you know, just sending great vibes and, you know, great wishes out to Dallas. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we can get that win and get to the championship. Yep. And um, if if they do, then um, I guess we probably can do a little special episode just to preview the championship game real quick. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah that's the least we can do. I uh, just need to know... Uh, you know who we gonna end up facing? You know, it's, who is on the other side? South Carolina and who is South Carolina playing? South Carolina against um, is it is Stanford, Stanford? Stanford, Stanford. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Stanford, that's right. So you know, could set up it, a third. It'd be interesting if South Carolina wins. Yeah, and get that all I ACC mean, championship. That would I would say that would bring the season. Just be poetic justice for Mississippi State to be able to you know, defeat UConn and then defeat the um, South Carolina to to bring home the trophy. That would just be so fitting and uh, just a great way to wrap up the season. Most definitely. Um, also, you know, could have been you know signs of starting off a great weekend. Uh, the Bulldog baseball team went up to Oxford and got. The first win in the series last night, coming from behind. they come behind victory. That seventh inning, that's when things got rolling. Most definitely. Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, it's just a, hopefully that's just a sign of things to come this weekend. You know, um, great weekend of sports for MSU. You know, hopefully, make some more history along the way. Yeah, um, play. To, they'll play today too, and we'll see if they can. Um, Try to get the sweep possibly in the uh, week this weekend series. Right, we right. Could get the dub today and get the dub tomorrow, and that'd be great. Right. So here's the next show. I'm claiming it right now. I want to speak into this the next show. Here's to us talking about previewing the ladies in the championship game against either <laughs> South Carolina or Stanford. More life, more life. Most definitely. So that's going to wrap up our MSU portion of the show. Be sure to stay tuned for the next top, uh, portion of the show, and we'll be back right after this break. This episode of the Culture Bowl Sportscast is presented by Common Era Sports, and Common Era is just different. We offer the best in athletic training, footwork drills, and ladder drills. Hit up Common Era Sports at commonerasports.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the second portion of our show. Let's get right into it. NBA standings, playoffs are right around the corner. Let's look at how, you know, the playoffs are potentially stacking up right about now. Start with the Eastern Conference. Uh, a new number one. You know? The Celtics. The Celtics said that we, oh, I know I was high on it at the beginning of the season. They, they have creeped their way to the top spot. To the top spot, you know, being steady and also a combination of the Cavaliers just looking like garbage um, in the month of March. So they look playoff. They like they ready for the playoffs to start. Right. Definitely. Then you, you go down. The Heat have closed the gap. 
they're they're more than likely gonna get in. They're sitting pretty at seven. You know, they've been hot ever since um, All Star break, and the Pacers are holding on, trying to fight the Bulls off of that uh, eighth seed down there. And I make the playoffs. Go ahead and get a lottery pick. The Bulls. Both, Both, really. Yeah, it really don't matter. You know, Hornets, I thought we were going to make it. They falling out. Detroit fell out. And, you know, um, looking through the rest of the – let's look through the rest of the East. Wizards at three. Um, The Raptors have held steady at four. The Hawks at five. The Bucks, despite Jabari Parker going down, have maintained a spot at six. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know – That's a dangerous team. Yeah, Milwaukee is a – very dangerous team. That, that could shape up to be an interesting series against Washington. Um, I think. I think I want to talk a little bit more about the Cavs. Um, I think it's really going under the radar how important I think it is for them to get the one seed. Yeah, if they end up in the two, they'll they'll face Miami first round. They'll face Miami first round. Turn around and we'll have to play more than likely. We'll have to defeat Washington and Boston, right? To get finals. I, I, I've been watching them play both these teams this season. I just don't know. I feel like if they get past Washington, I think that'll be like a, a hard six or seven game series, and I'll just come full circle for Boston and set up a chance opportunity for them to get past Cleveland. I think Washington will wear Cleveland out. I don't think that is a good matchup for Cleveland at all. Washington matches up very good with them. Yeah. So, I mean, especially with the way Cleveland is playing now, it's like they have no enthusiasm whatsoever when it comes to playing defense. It's just <laughs> like, I don't know what to call it. And that's, uh, and that's, uncharacteristic of a LeBron-led team is to not play defense. Yeah, that is. And I just, I guess it just goes to the fact that this is a team full of veteran guys. And you know how the the thing with veterans, like a lot of times before the season, they really don't feel like putting into doing the training like they used to when they were, you know, a little fresher, had a little more pep to the steps. I think they kind of just... Getting on by, just ready for the playoffs to start, and they feel like they can cut that switch on when the playoffs come and the lights shine brighter. So I just, I want to present this point. So, has anything LeBron said in the media might might have played a role in this, as far as how his teammates might feel? Is are they saying like, well, okay, since you don't think we're good enough, why don't you just go do everything? Is it are they? Is there some resentment? I don't think there's no resentment because, I mean, when it's all said and done, when it gets to the finals, I mean, we see how great LeBron plays. And I I think that the team, they understand that, you know, just they understand LeBron's greatness and everything. So I don't think they look at him in that manner. I I I think it's really just a matter of them not really caring too much about the regular season, whether that's going to come back to bite them or not, we'll see. But I think they're just ready for the playoffs. Yeah, you know, I've been an advocate of that, that, you know, regular season, eh, it's whatever, they'll just flip it on. You know, you can you can play a dangerous game with that flipping it on and flipping it off switched also. Okay. 
you, you know, you can you can build bad habits that can carry over to the playoffs. And like we're seeing, you know, not that lack of enthusiasm on defense. You cannot carry that into the playoffs. That cannot, that will not fly like at all. And the lazy, the lazy movement on offense. It's really become, you know, everyone sitting back and watching Kyrie and LeBron, and there's really no movement on offense either. Right. And what you say about the, the the switch and flipping on and off, I mean, I, I think that's part of it, but I also feel like Cleveland is really going, they're really underestimating Boston and Washington. Like, the gap between the teams in last year's playoffs and this upcoming season playoffs, Boston and Washington have taken significant leaps to close that margin of uh, between Cleveland with them being you know, far superior than everybody else in the East. Right. Like, it's not more like if you don't come with your A game against these teams in the playoffs, you will get exposed. So, yes, you will. And, you know, you look at do you look at the way Boston's set up? You know, to get out and run and to attack, attack constantly, and they play good defense. Then you look at Washington with John Wall and Bradley Beal and the rest. Otto of Otto Porter stepping up to to becoming that 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 option that everybody was looking for him to be. You and, know, he was drafted third overall. And so my, I mean, and, and my boy. Brandon Jennings giving great minutes off the bench at point guard. He is. My that's, that's what he wanted. That's what he was looking for to, to get picked up by somebody. He's doing his thing. My boy. And then, you know, uh, man, you can't also, you can't sleep on the Raptors. You can't because now they got a uh, surge. And we'll see, you know, if surge will get back to being like 2011 surge where he was money from the 18 footers and if he'll stick to shooting those instead of trying three pointers. Yeah, and then you know, quiet is kept. I think, I think the Pacers could give a team a few fits in the first round. Like they could give if Boston holds the one. I think they could give Boston a few fits. I don't know. I'm not saying they'll beat them. I don't think they'll. Beat them. I don't think they'll beat them. But I think they might, you know, hang around for a little bit. I mean, it's very possible. We seen that last season when when they took on the Raptors. Right. That was that was a tough series. Right. So, you know, the East is actually, you know, more competitive um, than it has been in past years. But um, let's go ahead and look at the West, the wild, wild West. Now, first three teams you look at, Golden State, who is going to, you know, they're going to hold on to the one. Um, San Antonio at two and Houston at three. Now, Looking at it, um, you know, I, we saw the Warriors and Spurs play the other night. Um, Warriors end up victorious. And in the last 10, the Warriors are 9-1. and one. You know, it's, it's, it's looking mighty scary right now out there. And also, as we'll get into later, KD is expected to return for the last three games. Pretty much going yeah. to be tune-up games, and then they'll be off and rolling from there. Yes, bring Katie back. Happy, huh? Music to my ears. Oh yes, you know I've been waiting for this. Okay, let's talk about it. Talk about it. Um, the Warriors are definitely looking looking good. Um, 
they, it was remember when they were struggling and then everybody was just you know are they going to make it to the conference finals let alone the NBA finals wait wait wait, wait. who said that Folks was on Twitter going ham, just oh, talking God. crazy about the Warriors. Oh God, I didn't. I, now I said they were struggling. I said when I when I, when I pointed out them struggling, I said they need to address this. Is whoever said they won't make it? Was it was some people. I ain't gonna name no names, but it was some people saying. I mean, I don't even think. I don't know if they get past Houston or something like that if they play this uh, second round. People were thinking they weren't even gonna get the one seed and had to play Houston in the. In the second round, it was it felt like Houston could could beat them. Mm. Well, I thought my thinking was when they when the Houston acquired Lou Williams, I was just like, hmm, you know, that's just more firepower. I thought that would be a better matchup, but you know, when they when they played the other day, you know, it didn't prove to be that case. <laughs> but we'll see what happens in a series. But I'm just want to see when KD comes back, is he gonna be him? Or is, you know, he going to turn into a spot-up shooter? Right. Is he going to end up becoming like Kevin Love on on the Warriors? But even then, if he turns into a spot-up shooter, you know, that's... okay. You that's by itself because, shoot, Harrison Barnes couldn't even be that last season. And that's what I said, you know, before, and when we had the preseason. So I said, now all those shots that Harrison Barnes missed, you're going to have KD shooting those shots now. Mm-hmm. And you know, in, on what whatever happens on defense happens, but you know we know nowadays the NBA it's not about you know it's about playing defense, but it's about how good you can defend the three. And you know it's with that if that's your primary spot up shooter, you know I don't know he's not gonna have to play as much D. I don't think. So I don't know if it'll be as taxing on him as I might have anticipated, but you know it's definitely gonna be scary if they can keep this up and then work him back into the fold. Right, especially if he can actually get back to playing how he was pre-injury, because he was having a great defensive season. Yeah, I mean he was leading the team in blocks. Great, great at rebounding. He he was really playing great defense and, and stepping up in the paint when, um, especially with the, the lineup when the Warriors really lack size and they just have KD as the four man. Mm-hmm. So he was playing great. So we can see if he'll still have that defensive impact he was having because I think that'll be that'll prove more my um, you know monumental than the things he were doing on offense it, when it comes down to their chances of winning the title. He's going to have to really play well on defense. Right. Then we get down to four through eight. You got the Jazz at four, the Clippers at five, OKC at six, Memphis at seven, and the Trailblazers have worked their way into the eighth spot over the Nuggets. That's a... That's a little... That's a tricky team. That's an interesting team, the Trailblazers. But, man, the Jazz... Mm. I'm very interested to see the Jazz in the playoffs. So the four and the let's see, they'll get the four and the five will be them and the Clippers. I think they're gonna run the blow the Clippers out of here. I can see that happening too. And then that matchup against the Warriors that will be that could go seven. 
Like people are just sleep on the jazz because their play style is it's like they're a younger Memphis. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. They're gonna park the two bigs in the paint. They're gonna walk the ball up. It's not a wide open. They can go wide open if they want to, but most time they're not. You know they're gonna play slow and they're gonna run their sets. And then you know it's gonna be tough for you to come inside and score on them. Right, and unlike Memphis, who lack that consistent three-point shooting, you got snipers. You got Gordon Gordon Hayward. You got George Hill. You got Rodney Hood. You got Ingles. I mean, and Joe Johnson. You got Joe Johnson. So they gritty and tough on defense, but can turn back around and shoot threes on your offense. Yep. And so that'll be an interesting matchup against the Warriors. I, I really will be tuned into that series. And this one, the three and six will be Houston and OKC if it holds up like this. It'll be Houston OKC first round. The, the battle of the MVPs. Right. And we'll touch on that later. But that's that will be an interesting matchup to me because um, pretty much it's similar teams, but I think – Harden has a bit of a better supporting cast. Harden got some people who can actually shoot a three-pointer. Right. So, <laughs> it's pretty much it'll be Harden versus Russ. But Russ, I think James's supporting cast will come through bigger than I think OKC will see a first-round exit. And then, let's see. Then uh, the 2-7 will be San Antonio and Memphis. That's a that could be interesting too, because I mean, over the years we've seen how that series can go. Right. We've seen San Antonio win. We've seen Memphis pull a crazy upset when San Antonio was the one seed. Exactly. So, and then uh, of course we said Blazers Warriors. That's going to be a wash to me. Um, yeah, man. It's, it's over. These going to be this go, this playoffs going to be more intriguing than I think and than people might have thought. And I think. Uh, you know, I'm looking at it. Mm. Either way, I think we're gonna get a good series. Either San Antonio or you know, San Antonio, Houston, probably then Warriors and Jazz. Yeah, I, I wonder how that Houston San Antonio series will go because I'm tempted to go Houston. I I kind of trust James a little more than I do Kawhi. I do too. As as far as I trust, um, I think I trust Harden's supporting cast a little more. And that, <laughs> and, that, and, that, and I'm, I'm gonna see if that makes sense because you know Lamarcus Aldridge can get caught up playing one on one. Yeah, we've seen him. We've seen games where he forced. His you know his patented fadeaway jumper, he just he will be off, but he'll keep shooting it. And then uh, who, what else, man? Uh, I think Houston will have a better guard play too. But Manu Ginobili is playing some great basketball lately. I don't know what man is is doing. I mean, it was just it was like three years ago we was looking at him like man, go ahead and retire. Yeah, and then he just <laughs> turned it back on, and he's looking like oh five Manu. It's it's weird that that Ginobili. I, I guess he he done figured out the switch. I don't know. I'm, got him. They got Patty Mills. But then you know, like I said, I like. I don't know. I think I like Houston a little more. To like, I, I'm I'm rolling with you. I like Houston to uh, advance in that if that matchup was to occur. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, the playoffs gonna be more intriguing than I originally thought they'd be. I still do think we're gonna get um, the trilogy though. I think I'm. If I would have to put you no know, money on it, I mean, I would go with the trilogy as well. I just I want to see how this seeding ends up happening because I just I don't think. I don't think Cleveland the way they've looked I know they're waiting on the playoffs but they also they just don't look as good as last year either they do even when they, even when they be trying they just don't look as good as last season so I mean I really wonder about them in a series against Washington and in a series against Boston I think Washington and especially with um Boston you got Crowder you have Brown you have a lot of different defensive bodies you can throw at LeBron on that roster. Right. So, well, it'll be interesting to see them try to, you know, grind it out and, and beat up on the Cavs. And if Isaiah Thomas um, can find somebody to help make enough plays on offense, we know there'll be tough games and there'll be grinded out games. If somebody else can score besides Isaiah, then the Celtics will have a chance. So, right. I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of fifty fifty on whether Cleveland's going to make it to the to the finals. Mm, okay. I'm, not, I'm not liking what I'm seeing. Yeah, but you know, this kind of always happens though. It, it happens at one point of the season. Uh, I think this just so happens to be Cleveland's turn, and it's just coming at a, 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 a weird part of the season where you think that you will be hitting your stride more so than struggling. I mean, we had like I want to go back to the Warriors. We did; they did have their their moment when you was like, "Whoa, what's going on?" And <laughs> then it just so happened that you know post injury though, like well. Cleveland does have Kevin Love. Um. Well, Cleveland's is pretty different because they have Kevin Love that's working back. They're working Jr. back, and then they're also, you know, working Jr. with Kyle Korver, and then they're working Darren Williams in. You know, it, it is a little more to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see, but uh, you know, and if that is the, if that theory that I just laid out is true, that this is just. Uh, funk, and then they're gonna pop out of it. Then hit their stride, you know. Then it might turn out to be, oh, that was perfect timing. I don't know. It's right, just, we'll it's see. A theory. It's just a theory, but um, yeah, we kind of you know slick touched two of our topics. We touched Cavs struggles, KD return, uh, uh, LeBron passed Shaq last night on the all-time scoring list. Mm-hmm. Again, another milestone um, in LeBron's career. Um, I got to quit. This, okay, this is why I wanted to phrase the question I asked off air. Uh, is LeBron's legacy going to be kind of tainted because of how a lot of fans view him as being soft? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I, I still feel like he, when it's all said and done, he will undoubtedly, if you ask anybody who knows anything about basketball, be a top three all time. Most people, when he finishes, he's going to be in the top two. It's going to be between him and Jordan. But anybody, I think everybody's going to be able to say top three at least. So, yeah, here's, here's my theory on it. You know, I've been, you know, ever since 
Allen Iverson's career started to wind down. I had to find a favorite player, and it just so happened it was LeBron James. And you know, LeBron's been my favorite player since about '05. So I've defended LeBron James, you know, from the from the Boston series when he was in Cleveland when they said he quit to the first year in Miami when they they said he, he became the frozen one. I defended <laughs> all of that. And, you know, people on Twitter are so disrespectful, to quote Stephen A. Smith. I mean, me personally, as a LeBron fan, I don't like some of the stuff that he does. I'm going to just get that out there. I don't like sometimes how he can come off as complaining or, you know, sometimes he doesn't, you know, he kind of over-exaggerates on flopping or things like that. Because, like I said, Allen Iverson was my first favorite player. You know, you never saw anything out of him. But he also didn't win a championship, and he also had, didn't accomplish the stuff that this guy has done. So you have to put it in proper perspective. You know, when you say he's flopping, is it because he's flopping because he's soft, or is it because he's doing whatever it takes to win? That's kind of how I looked at it. Because uh, if, if I get the call, that means I'm, you know, what what you know? If I get the call, that means that's not negative. That's not negative to me. I think we've seen instances where he flopped to where he flopped um, to get a call, and you will let it pass because I mean, you know, he just exaggerated some contact. Then we've seen instances where the flop was just unnecessary. Yeah. So, and that's you know where also that's the double edge of that sword. But <laughs> I I feel like LeBron is one of those players that people. I ain't going to really appreciate until he's gone. And, you know, I kind of had felt that same way towards Kobe because I hated Kobe um, in Kobe's prime. I hated Kobe. Like, he kept my favorite player from winning the championship. And he was the one always coming up with arguments when it came to my second favorite player. Like, I hated Kobe. But once he started to get hurt and then his – because you never think these guys are going to retire. You think they're always going to be here forever. And then mm-hmm. when they start to decline, it's like, oh, man, now he's finna leave. So once Kobe started declining, I started gaining more of an appreciation towards him, you know. And even now that he's gone, it's even more so now. You know, I always big up Kobe. You know, mm-hmm. he's never going to be my favorite player, but I always respect his game. But I think that's going to be the same way for LeBron as far as the people who hate him because he's so polarized and it's either you're on the love side or you're on the hate side. So I think that, you know, once he's done, that's when he's going to really get appreciated more. True, because, I mean, when you look at his skill set, I mean, you've never seen anything you've like... never seen it. Uh, somebody 6'8", 240, 250, with the speed and leaping ability and the passing, and he's developed a shot, I mean... Can guard any position, and he's what? Is he thirty two or finna be thirty two? Thirty two. He's thirty two, and he still looks. I mean, he doesn't have all the bounce he had at seventeen, but he you can't tell he's dropped off as that much. Definitely, definitely. I mean, he's he's one of a kind, and I'm I'm just trying to look through the think about in the NBA who's the next closest comparison we had to him. I mean, Giannis. If mm, if Giannis, I don't know. If Giannis, Giannis is an interesting case. If Giannis can develop a jump shot and more of a passing, I mean, see, he, he 
he's a good distributor. You know, what I'm saying he has great size and length and can and can guard pretty much anybody. That's mm. I can't think of nobody else who, who can come. You got Draymond Green, but that mm. Mm. I really can't think of anybody who compares to LeBron's skill set like that. I mean, K, I wouldn't. I would. I would have said you can't. KD a score. K, but see, K, mm, KD can can do a lot of that stuff though. He just chooses not to. KD, the natural. KD's blood. not. As, I give you. KD's not as gifted as a passer as LeBron though. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's that's true though. He's not a gifted passer as LeBron. He can't because that's what LeBron. That's what LeBron is is all about. LeBron's gonna always make the right play, the right basketball play, and he gets killed for that too. I mean, it's, it's you can't have it both ways with him because if he he's he's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. If he makes the right basketball play and it doesn't work out, he's get criticized. If he says bump it and takes the shot, which in that case, it might have been better to pass it. He still and he misses. He's still gonna get criticized. So you know, mm-hmm. he's just a special case. He's a special mm-hmm. case. So you know, I just hope you know, as far as his legacy, I hope he, you know, gets a few more titles and you know, really some. I think he's cemented right now on the Mount Rushmore. I think he's cemented right now, but a few more titles definitely couldn't hurt. Yeah, a few more titles would definitely. It would raise, it would make his case a lot stronger to say the greatest of all time. Because then, the, the the special thing about LeBron is we've seen him grow up from in 2010 not having no post moves, or well, 2011 no post moves and just freezing up against the zone. Like we've seen him lose a championship to a, a, a two three zone, right? And in, in 2016 turn around and defeat arguably the greatest regular like the greatest regular season team in NBA history. Right. So we see him come from the bottom to surmount the odds and put his stamp on as the great the best player in the NBA and one of the greats of all time. That's something you really don't get to see with a player like come from that low to to the, um, reach that pinnacle. Yeah, and you know, like people, he's, he was close to you know defeating that team twice. You know, I just wanted you know if if Kyrie doesn't get hurt, you know, you see, you know, he took that Warriors team to six games virtually by himself and Matthew Delavadova. So <clears throat> it's wild. So you know, that's 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 my take. That's our take on you know LeBron James. You know, hopefully, you know people will ultimately give it up and show the respect. Instead of, you know, waiting till he's he decides to hang it up. But I think that's what's gonna happen anyway. He's gonna be more celebrated once he's done playing. Yep, yep, that's what's gonna happen for sure. So that being said, uh, I think who are we gonna celebrate now? Are we gonna celebrate Russ or are we gonna celebrate James? Right. Okay. Like that segue. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a perfect one. But uh, let's talk about it. Russell Westbrook, the other night, 57 points, triple-double. Most points ever scored with a triple-double. And, you know, James Harden, of course, is still doing his thing, and his team is still sitting in third. So it raises the question, has Russell kind of closed the gap in the perception that it was once seen as a runaway for James Harden, or is it still James Harden? 
Oh, he closed the gap. Um, I mean, he. I still, if I had to vote, I would vote for James. But he, he's making it very tight. He's right. made it very tight. Um, I feel like this, that James Harden. That same, he has the same impact for the Rockets that Russell Westbrook has for the Thunder, and he's doing it more efficiently. I mean, he, he's 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 doing what even Steve Nash couldn't do this for the Rockets. If you throw Steve Nash in James Harden's spot right he, now, he wouldn't have these numbers. It's, it's it's basically you know I forgot which um, talking head said it. Um, but it's basically Steve Nash on steroids in this offense is what James Harden has become this year. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I'm if you look at it, you know, triple-double is a triple-double. But you look at James Harden's numbers, he's not far off from averaging one himself. Exactly. With 30, 11, and 8 rebounds. So he's not so much far from doing it himself. But, you know... A triple double a season is you know a triple double on a whole. I think it's it's Russell's personality and just his play style that just makes people people love and gravitate towards that. So you want to vote him for MVP, right? I think that's what ends up happening a lot. Right, you're looking at a guy who doesn't take a single play off. He doesn't take a single play off in an 82 game season, and. You know, to be able to play at this level, it's crazy when you put it into perspective. But you know, it part of the the we talk about MVP. Part of it entitles what you do as an individual and what you do for your team. And some can say, looking at that roster, having them in sixth place is a, a, a that's their that's a that's, I, within that's their pinnacle. I guess that's where their peak is. Like they really don't have. No other. They got Oladipo, who's a good piece. Steven Adams, a good piece. Cancer can score. But, I mean, guard-wise, shooting-wise, they don't have anything. Yeah, that's true. And then you look at James, you know, he's got possibly going to be the sixth man of the year. He has Eric Gordon. And he had, I think he had the two top candidates for sixth man of the year, Eric Gordon and Lou Williams. And then, you know, you know they don't have a legit big man they can run plays for, but they have serviceable big men. And then, you know, they have a good Everybody, piece. They have fits the style. It's like yeah. Russell is surrounded with players where he has no choice but to put up numbers. His starting two guard is Andre Roberson, which might as well be me. Like, yeah, like, yeah. In the words of Bomani Jones, self-check. Is his is two guard? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I said we said this on Twitter today. It's basically you playing four against five when you're on offense because he's not going to give you a lick of offense. No, no straight straight putbacks, tip ins. I don't kind see of... this defensive stopper that he's been labeled as. I don't see that either. He he has length. He can guard, but yeah, I wouldn't just put the stopper. To, uh, he gets the Tony Allen tag, but I don't I don't see that at all. To be honest, mm-hmm. but then you turn around, and look at James's roster. It's like James' roster is built for not necessarily for him to just have to put up numbers, but every the, the pieces just all fit. Yeah, I agree with that. 
the pieces just fit. So, so it, James ends up putting up numbers. So at this Ruff point, has to put up numbers. James just ends up doing it. Right. So at this point, it's basically a two horse race. The other candidates aren't. It's basically two right now. Yeah, sadly, my dark horse in the um, preseason, John Wall, he's having a great year, but with these guys, what they're doing, he's just, it's, it's not going to happen for him this season. Then my, I, I thought that if, like I said on previous show, I've said that if Isaiah Thomas could get them into the one seed, I thought it would raise his stock a little more. But I think in the media's perspective, I think it's been overshadowed by more so Cleveland struggling than him IT making yeah, the way and him and yeah. Austin actually yeah. playing good so I think mm-hmm. it's been overshadowed and it didn't have the impact that I thought it would have as far as him in, on the MVP race and then Kawhi is just doing his thing but you know I don't know I just well, he, he, he lost his shot at MVP with that loss against Warriors the other yeah, night yeah I think if they had won that game yeah I, I think you're right uh, his name would have been elevated into it a little more Especially with them being up 22 at one point. Yeah, that is true. Uh, So, with that, to me, if I had to call it right now, I think James Harden is going to get the trophy. If I had to call it, I would give it to James. I just have a feeling Russell's going to win. Yeah, I'm going to feel so bad if Russell doesn't get it because, dude. I have a feeling Russell's going to win, but I would vote for James myself. Yeah, I would vote for James, but I don't. I really wouldn't be mad at whoever got it. If out of those two, I wouldn't be mad. I just feel a little bad if I would. A part of me would feel a little bad if Russell didn't get it because you had that bigger year, and you know. But yeah, it is what it is. I would like to see James win it and those two play in the playoffs just to see how Russell would play. Oh yeah, he's gonna put his head down and attack the whole series, <laughs> which is how he plays anyway. But he would be even more. This another. This I mean, you're talking about a guy who already has a big chip on his shoulder, and then right, exactly. It's something else to just tick him off and make him go a little harder. Right. He's already coming two hundred percent. Why not make it two hundred five? Right. So, yep. That's wrap up MVP talk. Um, let's see. Anything miscellaneous happening? I'm just going to call this our miscellaneous um, <laughs> part of our show. I just made that up on the fly. Mm-hmm. Oh, your boy LeVar Ball at it again. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, LeVar, I need to just go ahead and, and chill out. You know, UCLA done lost. Just, <laughs> just go ahead. You know, and I think it's, <laughs> it's been kind of cool seeing him and Lonzo making appearances now here in Lonzo. Talk, uh, you know, Lonzo and Markel Fultz kind of traded words this week. Yeah, they um, they going at it. He because he, he's Lonzo's on record saying that he's the uh, he feels like he's better than him. He said I can run a team better than him. And then Markel Fultz came back and said, uh, "What he say? He said I'm all in the words of Marshawn Lynch. I'm all about that action, boss." <laughs> so. You know, Lonzo, he's got... Guess we got a little rivalry brewing for the future in the NBA. You know, Lonzo's got... Lonzo's got a few rivalries already that's going to come out in this draft class with him. You know, him and Fox, Monk, and then now Fultz. And they were in the same conference. But uh, Lonzo took uh, the first matchup when they went head-to-head. I don't think Fultz played the second one. Mm-hmm. No, he was hurt. He was hurt. Yes. 
Yeah, the sore knee. So he he missed a lot of the the end of the season. Foles is just an interesting case to me because I'm looking at, you know, your team didn't even make your own conference tournament. Yeah, and I've seen him play. His game is nice. His game is smooth. He has great size. I just haven't seen, you know, normally with number one picks. You can see it. you like, yeah, I see it. Yeah. Mm. You know, uh. But you just know. Anthony Bennett, we didn't see it. Nah, I didn't see that. I didn't. Nobody, see we didn't see it. I didn't see that one. That was just a poor draft because Oladipo was the second pick. I didn't see number one with him either. Yeah. He just, he just liked the best thing to pick. Yeah, so. that's all that was. But um, it'd be man, I I can't wait for that. We got, we gonna heat up. Sports is really gonna heat up come down the stretch once we get to April and May, and then on into the summertime. So we'll have a lot more to talk about by the end. Mm-hmm. So you got anything else? Nope. Just um, well, of course. Uh, we we should mention the Final Four. Um, oh, see, we got lost in and we, the girl. We ain't yeah. talk about the men. We didn't mention. We ain't even talk about the men's. Um, so, we got Carolina going against Oregon. Let me start by saying, back to our bracket. None of my Final Four picks made it. None. Did how many? Did you I have? just got Carolina in there. Oh, you had all you had was Carolina. Yeah, Kansas. I, no, Nova. No. Ooh. Who else I had? UCLA. No. Oh, Arizona. Nope. None of my Final Four made it. Yep, it was a interesting tournament to say the least. And this is going to be an interesting Final Four. You talk about South Carolina, Oregon. Gonzaga and and uh, North Carolina. We'll see who um, who ends up winning out of those matchups. Um, I think Carolina should win it all. Which one? I think. Oh, <laughs> good question. <laughs> UNC North Carolina should win it all. Um, That'd be interesting though if South Carolina and North Carolina end up meeting oh, in the championship. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That'd be bragging rights amongst the Carolinas. Um I'm kinda rooting I'm kinda rooting for that matchup. I think that'll be I think that sleep would be the better match. But then, you know, I don't know, Gonzaga, Carolina. Well, Gonzaga has some length. They right. can they might can give them a really good game. Right. And then it was kind of it's kind of crazy Gonzaga makes it because I was kind of that's uh, the team everybody was skeptical about. Yeah, I was like, yeah, they got a one seed, but yeah, but then you know they ended up making it. They shut me up, most definitely. It wasn't pretty, but they did make it. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's it. You know, Who cares about the groceries. We just care about the finished product. Right, right. So, so who do you think is gonna be in the game? Actually, I think North Carolina will defeat Oregon. Mm-hmm. And I think Gonzaga's going to beat South Carolina. Okay, I think I think Cinderella lives one more time, and I think Carolina, South Carolina will upset Gonzaga. I think we're going to get a matchup of the Carolinas. Interesting, interesting. Right. We'll see if Oregon get free ball going. Yeah, that they because. Be North Carolina. 
you have to make threes because North Carolina is going to out-rebound you. Exactly. But to compensate for getting out-rebounded, you're going to have to hit jumpers. That's that's why when Duke played Carolina, I mean, I've, I've been watching, I've seen Duke play Carolina a few times, and times we beat them is because we, we can shoot. Yeah. We was that's that's how you beat Carolina. You you don't give them a chance to rebound because you own. So interesting. South Carolina Gonzaga is the first Final Four matchup between two teams making their Final Four debut since nineteen thirty-three. <clears throat> that's wild. But to me, uh, like I said, I think the way Carol- South Carolina gets up in you and plays defense is going to be so key in that matchup. Cause that's what they that's what they like to do. They in your in your in your uh shirt for forty minutes. They don't give you any room to breathe. Right. And you know, I like I like I just like South Carolina. I like the role they on right now, you know, and then they playing very efficiently on offense and North Carolina, they are North Carolina, so I think they'll I think they'll outlast Oregon. And we'll just get that matchup and I'll be eager to see who wins it. Same, same. Um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and I sadly have to say North Carolina, I feel, will win it all. And I'm sure as a Duke, I'm sure as a Duke fan that hurt. Oh, it hurts. It kills the Duke fan in me. But I cannot deny it as somebody who is here to talk about sports. So give credit where it's due and Carolina should win it all. Right. So... <laughs> We'll see I gotta go put some mouthwash. Some, I gotta get some mouthwash. <laughs> so we'll see see how that shakes out. Uh, interesting, uh, interesting movie. Y'all uh, listeners, y'all should watch out for uh, Thirty for Thirty on John Calipari is coming up soon. Uh, I think April thirteenth. So be looking out for that. It's called One and Not Done. I'm interested to see that. Okay, I'm gonna check that out as well. And I think that everything. Yeah, that's it. That is it. Just ready for ready for these NBA playoffs to start. Right. It's going to be juicy. Right, and I'm okay. Ready. Speaking of playoffs, coach. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. You, you got your series coming up on um, 2K. Oh man, see, I ain't been, I ain't, I ain't been looking at that. Did did I make it? Yeah, you made it to playoffs. You was the um, you the second seed. You play the Grizzlies. Oh, I gotta play uh uh. Thank- I gotta play Sam. Yep. Oh man. <laughs> I did win in the regular season, by the way. So is he online? I don't know. He he. I think he's gonna be online soon. Oh, I'm finna. Y'all might be able to get get that game in. See if y'all can broadcast it. But uh, I, I won my series against the Spurs. So it's a seven game series. It's uh, three games. Three first games. to win two. First, mm-hmm. first to two. All right, cool. I'm gonna play that game. <laughs> So we'll we'll keep y'all updated on our playoffs. Me and Coach, we in his league together. So in in two K. Yeah. Oh, we gotta uh, update the update everybody on our bracket uh, competition that we posted. Oh yeah, um, I can go look at that real quick. I know I th- I'm middle of the pack. My, I, th- I know st- I fell off. It, it got blown up early. Let's go see who is the top person in the coaching boat group. Uh, so far, number one bracket is it's between uh, Kusher's pick and um, oh, Jay Sanders. That's my boy Steven. So Steven, mm-hmm. so far you got the top spot. That's with seventy seventy points. 
and we will see how things are looking after this weekend. But um, so far, you in the driver's seat, my boy. Yeah, and if, and yeah, and the prize for winning is you get to get on the hot seat and join us for an episode. So I will inform him of that if he if he wins. Yep. So we got Stephen, um, John, and four. Uh, well, you know, third is your bracket, then fourth is Skylin. And he has UNC winning it all. So that could that might be some bonus points and get him to the top spot. We will see. Right. So um with that being said, I think that's gonna finally that's gonna wrap everything. up. That's finally gonna wrap us up. We've been in talks about making some changes, but we'll see how that goes. Uh y'all gotta check us out um on we're we've gone to a few different platforms. Um our our editing, our editing producer has informed us that we'll be broadcasting on a few more different platforms. Of course, we're still on SoundCloud. Um, you can find us on Blog Talk Radio. And, of course, you can still find our MSU portion. And if you'd like to listen to the second portion, you can still find that on For Whom the Cowbell Told. So be sure to check out all those all those spots if you're trying to find us. It's not hard. No, I'm going to say, we, we out there, you know, and just keep spreading the word. And we appreciate y'all listens. Appreciate the support. And just any ideas, be sure to hit us up on our social media, and we'll love to incorporate what y'all want us to tackle onto the show. All right. So, with that being said, I was the coach. And I'm the boat. That is it for us. We signing off. Holla.